Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Inside Graphic Novels, where together we'll be taking a deep dive into the world of graphic novels and the people that help make them as special as they are. We've all heard a lot about Black Lives Matter. I've also been hearing a lot about brown, yellow, white, and many other lives that matter too. But I think it's important to face up to the fact that Black Lives Matter most right now. And the reason why they matter most right now is because what's happened in recent history is absolutely unacceptable. No human being deserves to be put under a boot and choked to death. No one deserves that. No race, color, creed, people. I wanted to make sure that I addressed that very early on. And having said that, I'd now like to segue into what I think is probably going to be one of the most seminal graphic novels of our time that deal with race and color. And the book I'm talking about has been written by a great graphic novelist, mentor, and human being, Max Brooks. Max Brooks wrote the Harlem Hellfighters, and together with Kanan White, had it beautifully illustrated to tell an incredibly important and heroic story that is often overlooked and almost never told in high schools. This is the story of the first black battalion that fought in World War I. Think back to 1919. How many black soldiers and their stories have you heard This is the forgotten story of the regiment that made a real difference. And of course, of the lives of the many soldiers that were within that regiment. Max does a wonderful job of having researched the stories. And this is, I think it's important to mention, a fictionalized, semi-fictional narrative around World War I. But beautifully, what Max has managed to do throughout the narrative is weave in and out of the real and the fictional, almost blurring the lines so much that it's hard to tell at points what is real and what's not. But fortunately for us, towards the end of the book, he's got a wonderful little section where he talks about the research behind the book and which characters were real and which weren't. And I'm not gonna give it all away right now, so stay with me. But there are some incredibly important historic figures in there, including one that has a lot to do with the way we listen to jazz music today. For any history buff, I think what's always exciting at least I remember this from my time uh, reading history 
textbooks during high school um, or even after was going through what seemed like lines and lines of historical dates and names and places and um, every once in a while coming stumbling on to a photograph and that photograph would often have faces of people from years long ago but very helpfully would help bring the story to life i think that old adage um, a picture speaks a thousand words is is so apt because the moment you see those pictures there's this palpable excitement about history being real um and and i think it's important because it happened so long ago that often it feels unreal so pictures make it real and and i think that if you manage to get a hold of this book one of the exciting things about it is right after the story ends there's there is a picture a really important picture of the actual Harlem Hellfighters now in this story max brooks does a wonderful job of introducing us to his cast of characters and that cast of this so-called colored unit is in fact in itself full of diversity you have characters that range from being actual zulu warriors to having come in from the west indies so there's quite a range of characters and their idiosyncrasies and what i love the most of course in the lettering and in the actual writing is how max manages to convey their accents and how they speak in such a vivid format and such a touching way that you actually feel like you understand where those characters are coming from and most importantly you can relate to them based on those voices accents and people that you may have heard on tv or perhaps even had the fortune of knowing yourself the entire graphic novel from start to finish is an absolute emotional roller coaster max punches you so many times in the gut with extremely emotional uh, excerpts from history think real cruelty with lines like mention of the fact that black is not a color of the rainbow and hence even when the new york national guardsmen had the send off where there was a parade and all the other soldiers were marching in that parade blacks were not allowed to march in that parade there were no black soldiers why because they were told that black was not a color of the rainbow um lots of very very um fundamentally painful uh moments here beyond the exploding u boats and the you know this is world war 1 so we're talking about rats in the trenches and fighting over mainland europe especially in france and there's a lot of killing quite obviously this is a war comic so i think for those of you that are expecting this to be um you know some sort of um, lighthearted emotional sojourn into uh, what war may have been like or perhaps some more uh, a more philosophical soliloquy well uh, there is that too however uh, i mean the the graphic novel 
really thrust that bayonet deep into um, war. And I think there are a number of very, very graphic images throughout the comic, but they're powerful. And I think throughout this visual storytelling medium, what you take away from the story is that the amount of sacrifices that those black soldiers gave during the war um, and continue to probably give today uh, is just so unappreciated by the vast majority of not just Americans, but I think people around the world. I made a promise to tell you about um, one of the soldiers in the story, one of the soldiers uh, that was known as a Harlem Hellfighter. And in case you're wondering, because I haven't mentioned it so far, I mean, they were referred to as the Harlem Hellfighters because this particular infantry regiment um, really was mostly comprised of people that came out of New York City. Um, so, and hence the reference to Harlem. And for those of you who, have, who haven't been out to Harlem, um, I have. I actually went out there for a debate tournament once, and uh, it was at Columbia University, which is smack in the middle of Harlem. And it is a very diverse area. Um, in any case, I think one of the promises I made to you was that I would tell you a little bit more about somebody that helped shape um, the music of jazz um, that is mentioned and referred to in this particular graphic novel. Uh, and the person I'm referring to here is James Reese Europe. Now, uh, James was born in 1881, and um, it's interesting that his last name is Europe, uh, because when you read about him, very, uh, a lot of the appreciation what, that he found was ironically in Europe. Um, as a black musician, who was touring um, Europe, not because of his music, but because of war, one of the things that did happen was that he would share his music um, as he went around um, with the battalion. And the local Europeans, mostly French, would try and emulate it but fail. And we're really amazed at how different the music sounded. And according to um, a biography that is online, on the Library of Congress's website, uh, he's actually been referred to as the Martin Luther King of music. And, and what's very interesting is that his music uh, back then was not exactly jazz, nor was it seen as ragtime, but really it was quite a complex melody. And they described that as an arrangement with driving rhythms. I'm not a musician and I, I can't describe it any more than that. But I think what's important to understand and take away from this is that his brilliant original music is what caught the attention of the press. And he became quite a celebrity. Um, and, and I think, you know, with his music being appreciated over in Europe, when James came back to North America after the war, uh, because he'd become such a celebrity and he had been covered so much by the press, uh, he was immediately able to actually organize his music and deliver a concert upon his return, which I think is super interesting. 
But even more interesting, before he had gone um, off to war, he had already uh, participated in organized music in North America, in the U.S. Um, and at the time, I mean, he was already uh, a part of um, a number of black composers um, who were actually pulling together music that was respected uh, by musicians of all races. So, so he really laid the foundation for a lot of um, people of color that would pursue music uh, back at a time where I think that may have been quite difficult. And Max Brooks does a wonderful job of preserving that character throughout the storyline. And I think if for one very special reason that you should read this book, it's how this man, a real hero, um, is portrayed and fights his way through what must have been one of the most difficult periods in history. I also want to take a minute to just say thank you to everybody who's been tuning in to listen to this podcast series and especially this particular episode on the Harlem Hellfighters. Thank you, everybody. It means a lot. And please keep the feedback coming. It's great. Um, so amongst all the different people that we've been um, liaising with, one of them happens to be the actual author of the book, the graphic novel that we're reviewing in this particular pod, which is Max Brooks. So I naturally took advantage of the situation and I wanted to ask him a couple of questions which were top of mind for me. Uh, the first being why he actually decided to write the book in the first place. And this is what Max had to say. I've always been fascinated by the story of the Harlem Hellfighters and I couldn't understand why it wasn't being told in every American household. So clearly Max wanted to write a, a story for the ages and he's definitely moved the dial as there's been so much coverage of the graphic novel. Uh, and um, I think the awareness of the story and what some of those incredibly brave soldiers went through is becoming uh, much better known. The other question that I asked him was how relevant that story still was today, given all that's happened and the resurfacing of the Black Lives Matter movement. And again, Max had this to say. The story of the Hellfighters is as relevant today as it was back in 1917, because even though the United States has made tremendous progress in terms of racial equality, we still have a long way to go. I think a long way to go um, in many different ways, but certainly also when it comes to recognizing um, some of those uh, brave soldiers. Uh, uh, in the book, in the graphic novel, you see some of those characters being recognized by uh, European countries like France with some of their highest wartime accolades. But when it comes to the United States Army or, um, you know, for them back home, that recognition was amiss. Uh, they didn't quite get rewarded uh, in much the same way. And in my personal opinion, I think posthumous uh, awards also say a lot about a country, a culture, uh, and where 
the nation's psyche sits and and there's still room for that i think there's still room for improvement and i hope that you know those things will improve and people will get recognized for the important roles that they played way back then so again just a very quick thank you uh to max for actually making the time and coming back to us on our questions and now it's back to the pod So as I wrap up this podcast on the Harlem Hellfighters, I just want to help shine a spotlight one more time on Kanan White, the very, very talented illustrator that has so successfully partnered with Max on delivering this seminal graphic novel. Uh, Kanan has clearly mastered black and white. And I, I want to flag that because very often a number of the graphic novels that we read have a lot of work by colorists and color does make a huge difference i think color uh, brings in an entirely different dimension to a graphic novel however uh kanan somehow manages to do that with black and white and i think if any of you are fans of um, how black and white can be used to deliver exceptional creative outputs this is quite the graphic novel to uh, to read and to appreciate and and to frolic amongst the uh, black and white cornucopia of uh, design and illustration um, Kanan has done lots of work with some of the world's best graphic novelists um, and he has previously been published both by uh, Marvel and by Avatar and his work is I think particularly important as an artist of color and therefore I'd strongly recommend that you check out some of his other work in series like Uber which is really a second world war fictional uh, comic and uh, many of his other works I was delighted that while we were actually making this podcast, we also had an opportunity to catch up with Kanan White and ask him what it was like to actually work with Max on this incredibly important project. So have a listen. Here's what he had to say. My experience with working with Max was pretty awesome. Um, initially, I didn't actually get the chance to talk to him. It was through the editor at the time in the uh, company that I was working with, which is Avatar Press. And so I was approached about doing a book based on um, war material. And didn't know exactly what it was at the time, but I knew that the writer, before I knew it was Max, was adamant about it being a African-American um, illustrator. So I was approached and then that's when I actually met Max first through email. And uh, it was awesome. Um, I say that working on Harlem Hellfighter was not only a experience, but it was also an education as to um, just being aware of our culture. So um, working with him was a, it was a joy. Very detailed. Very. Um, respectful of the material and uh, 
just you know just i was learning as i was drawing so it was it was all encompassing so it was very 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 good there you have it uh that was kind of what that experience was like uh which i'm sure must have been quite a work in process given the length of the novel the the detailing the amount of uh, historical facts and how they were portrayed from the countryside in france to uh, the trenches i mean there's just so much rich detail in every drawing that i think you guys are really going to enjoy going through this when we come back i want to share one of the questions that i asked kanan so stay with us I also asked Kanan what the story really meant to him. What did it mean to have drawn such a seminal story and what did it remind him of? So here's what he had to say. And uh, to your second question, uh, I think I answered it all in the first one, but <laughs> just in case. Uh, working on the subject matter again was an education. It was a learning process. A pro, uh, it was a learning experience because I didn't know the story. I knew the story about the 354th, of course, because of the movie Glory, which uh, showcased, you know, the Black Regiment in, in the World War II, or I'm sorry, in the Civil War. But I didn't know anything about the uh, 369th Harlem Hellfighters. But you could have took one group and put it in the same scenario. It was kind of the same thing. They showed up and uh, they performed high and above and beyond. And it means a lot to have that part of my history being a black man uh, restored, whether it be through visual medium, which is the graphic novel, or just interviews like this. So I'm highly, highly, highly thankful and grateful for the opportunity. And that's about it. So thank you so much, uh, Kanan, for taking the time to speak with us. And now uh, on to the rest of the pod. So thanks again for tuning in and for listening to me talk about my passion, which is graphic novels. And I hope you learned a little something about um, Harlem Hellfighters, Max Brook, and Kanan White and actually managed to go out there and hopefully read this incredibly important book. Thank you and see you soon.